Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. All right, welcome everyone into the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Um, yeah, it's just been a really cool process using this as a platform just to have conversations and to get to know our community in different ways. I've just been having so much fun with it. And I am personally really, really excited for uh, this episode. I think we're going to be taking a step back a little bit from kind of the series run with Ezra and Nehemiah and just kind of looking at the church at large, looking at um, what does it mean to be a disciple and what does it mean to be a part of a church in kind of the day that we're in right now? Um, joining me is Karen Mashila, and kind of our color commentator is Sue Prince. Um, we have <laughs> two very, um, yeah, just very wise people, I believe, um, that we just want to have a conversation about the church and kind of maybe the difficulties that we're facing right now in different ways. And what does that mean for us? And how do we engage with each other in a loving way? Um, so we're just going to get into all that stuff. So we just want to hear a little bit from you, Karen. Um, can you just share a little bit about the life that has kind of taken place for you over the last year, kind of maybe starting with COVID in March? Um, what has changed for you? And, you know, how can you kind of just explain the process that's been for you and your family going back a year from now? Sure. Um, I think, you know, like about a year ago when COVID kind of hit and everybody was forced to shut down or, or change your lifestyle a little bit or activities and things stopped with that was the church kind of stopping. Right. And so um, I think early on, I probably felt like a kid with a snow day. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, that's a bummer. I'm so sad <laughs> oh, I can't go to church today. But um, there was also a little bit of like, I don't want to say excitement or joy, but sometimes it was refreshing to have that break. Yeah. Um, and as time went on, you kind of fell into new routines and it was enjoyable to sleep in or mm -hmm. have a nice breakfast with your family or a cup of coffee or go for a drive or whatever that looked like. Um, but for me, as time went on, like, you know, summer rolled around and we kind of started worshiping again, but I would be like, well, it's like a hundred degrees on that blacktop. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm probably not going to go. And and I think as over time went on, I just realized it had been a long time hmm. since I've been in church. Yeah. And I may be still not engaged in church. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I think the biggest reason why I was excited to even talk to you about that experience is because many of us... I think at least to some extent, every single one of us, when we were in that space, <clears throat> um, had those feelings, mm -hmm. whether or not we were, ver we would verbalize them or not. Um, <clears throat> there was kind of this space that was given to us that had never really happened for many of us in this culture where it's kind of just a, this is Sunday, we go to church and that's what it is, you know? And we were almost sort of given this, um, release from kind of that, I guess, cultural pressure to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and for many people, as time went on, I think that's a very accurate description where it's like, it just becomes, it becomes more normal to not go. Mm -hmm. So in that time that you were, you know, 
more disengaged in a physical sense from the church, how did that affect your relationship with God or how did that change the way you think about your relationship with God or your relationship with church? Mm -hmm. I think, I don't necessarily think my relationship with God looked different. Like I still felt engaged with him. I still spent time in devotion. I, I think there was, I think it was a time that you kind of went, there's a lot of church outside of the church walls. Like just because I'm not coming here on a Sunday morning doesn't mean that I'm totally disengaged. Right. But that relationship looked different, maybe mm-hmm. not not wrong, different. Yeah. Um, but that's I think that's interesting because in our culture here, we have very heavily associated our faith and our relationship with God with the just the physical act of being in church. Mm-hmm. And for everybody, for a certain point of time, that part was completely taken away. And for some people like yourself and many people in our congregation, that has continued to be the case where we're not participating physically in church, which I think ask, brings up an interesting question of like, why do we so strongly connect the dots between the four walls of the church building and our faith? You're kind of looked at differently as a Christian if you engage in church in a different way than everybody else maybe. Mm-hmm. There's kind of just this... Um, almost like this obligation where if you're not in church physically, then you're maybe you're not a part of, you know, what God's doing. I don't know. Can you speak to that a little bit, Sue? Like, yeah, I guess for me where I sort of have wrestled with that is, um, in feeling a little unsettled that the church maybe is even has in the past. Sometimes our faith is a little too church centric. Yeah. Um, And if we're really looking at our goal of making more and better disciples, yeah, it's really important to realize that we're part of this body and we're really needed, but where are we needed? Like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's inside the church building, yes, but more often it's in our daily lives, like actually interacting with people who don't know him yet. And I think that for a lot of us, we kind of had the balance wrong, maybe. Mm. Like most of our time was spent in this building with people that already knew Jesus Mm -hmm. and engaging in practices that, you know, are helpful and wonderful, but there's more. There's more. And I think when, you know, the, the shutdown happened and we were in our homes doing church, it just sort of shook up all of our like equilibrium a little bit of like what what is really the foundation and and what is the role of church and mm-hmm. how much am I to be engaged or disengaged and where am I really supposed to spend my time? Mm-hmm. I think there's a a guilt that comes with maybe not being here, right. whether it's spoken or unspoken, like you just kind of, we talked about this a little bit earlier before we started this. Mm-hmm. There's kind of like, you feel like are people slight, you know, judging you or looking at you because you are not in church? Right. And I think, I, I just have an issue, I have a problem with that. Like, yeah. like, you don't know where I'm at, you don't know my path, you don't know my journey, you don't mm-hmm. know what my personal relationship mm-hmm. looks like with God. So exactly. me being here or not being here, like, that's not a, that shouldn't be a a right. deal breaker. And I think I, a lot of people yeah. this year have maybe felt that way. Totally. Especially if they're, they're not people who are, 
you know, close to you on a personal level that understand like the journey you've been on. It just reminds me of my, um, my grandparents on my, my dad's side who for a long time, they were a part of, you know, the church that my family was in when I was a young kid. And then for, for different reasons, they ended up kind of leaving that church and they did not participate like in a Sunday, you know, church gathering, I think maybe for 15, 20 years. And my grandpa to this day is probably the most spiritually influential person in my life. And he, he was during that time. I mean, he, he has this gift for leading people to the Lord. Um, especially like he has, he's went to multiple, I mean, tons of people when they're on their deathbed and has led them to the Lord. And that's kind of like this gift that he has. And his knowledge of scripture, his knowledge of, it's just the way he engages with people. Like he, um, he's like who I want to be as a believer. And he didn't go to church for, you know, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I think there are many of us maybe that would look at him in that time and would maybe look at him, look down on him for that. Um, and he kind of had his own, his own reasons for, for why that was the case, but that did not in any way impact, you know, his personal relationship with the kingdom of God. Which to me brings out the question of what is the purpose of church? Um, because you know, there's clearly a biblical truth that, like you know, Jesus Christ set up the church for us to be in community with one another. And what is the point of that? You know, is it to just come on a Sunday morning, um, or is it something deeper than that? Um, so I think this time is sort of, for me, it's brought up some of those questions of why do we gather, you know? And I think maybe in our culture, we've sort of missed the mark of thinking about church on a Sunday morning because we kind of stop it. It's just sort of our, our duty to go. And, and a lot of us in our hearts, we maybe not want to say this out loud, but it's like, I kind of just go because it's what we should do. And, it, and that's, that's it. And then when the, we took a step back from that, a lot of us, and then when that's all that it was that we left, it's like, well, why would I want to go back? Because now I have... Yeah. a lot more time. Yeah. And I, I think sleep in. I think that's what this year did, right? Like <clears throat> maybe you just never asked yourself that question. Mm-hmm. Why am I going? You just right. went because it's always what you did. It was a routine, it was a tradition, and that's what you've been told is what Christians do. You go to church on Sunday morning. Right. And with this past year, I think a lot of people including myself just kind of went but, but why? huh, but but why? Cuz I don't know if I don't know if I feel different. I don't know if my life looks different. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying the church is not important and the practice of being here is not important, but I've had to step back and and just ask myself mm-hmm. a lot of questions that I've not asked myself before. I mm-hmm. kind of feel like a maybe a 20-year-old who's asking themselves yeah. these questions, and I'm exactly. not 20 anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> close, the, yeah, close. I think that's so many people are in that space even right now of kind of reevaluating their relationship with church. Um, especially considering that there are so many people that still have not come back in person and they're just engaging kind of in a non-physical way. So I'm curious, Karen, um, what was the experience for you? You know, what was going through your head when you felt like you were being called to re-engage? Um, you, I think you texted Sue that you just needed to get back into the saddle, right? What kind of led you to that point in time? What was kind of going through your head? I think along the way, you've always got this kind of, for me at least, this kind of gentle tug. And, and I know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's God kind of being like, you know what? Maybe 
and, and you can ignore that or you can listen to that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I even in my own head just was like, well, if I'm going to come back to church or, or re-engage, it's probably going to be because someone's going to ask me to, mm-hmm. or, or they're going to have maybe something that's going on at church to be involved in. And I, I do love to serve in church. I've been here for, I don't know, 21 years. And Sue, you have always been so good at, at saying, hey, Karen, can you help me with this? Or we've got this event or whatever it might be. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I kind of just had a little conversation with the Lord and said, well, if I'm, if I really, if I'm going to go back and, and I, I do want to, it's going to need to be a personal yeah. <laughs> invite. Yeah. And I asked for a lot of things from the Lord, like in HGTV dream house. And I don't get everything. I don't, he says no a lot, but uh-huh. I, but within 12 hours, my phone rings and it's Sue. And she's like, Hey, you know, about this podcast. I'm like, seriously? Like, oh, oh, okay. Yep. Exactly. Okay. That's, that's how it works for me. So yeah, I, I think that I just needed the nudge. Right. I wonder how many people is that's also the case for where, you know, since we've been kind of in these different camps of, you know, how people are engaged with church. Many people, I think, have missed some of that personal relationships with people. Mm -hmm. And I think as time has gone on, who knows, like, does that become more and more of a question in people's minds of, like, how much is this community reaching out to me, you know? And for you, it just took that personal invitation. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think everybody wants to feel a part of something. Everyone wants to feel a part of community. We talk about community, how we want to be community, but I think there's an awful lot of people that don't feel part of a community mm-hmm. outside of church or maybe at church. Mm-hmm. And and it's, I think it's our responsibility, all of us, to continually be engaging with people and yeah. inviting them back in and... Mm-hmm. And wanting them to be here or be a part of something. And I think a lot of people just need a personal ask. I think it's really important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think we can all play a role in that because we're all connected to somebody. And we're all probably wondering, where is that somebody? Or I haven't seen that person. And, um, you know... to, To actually just pick up your phone and text him or call him takes two minutes maybe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it also takes a little bit of a vulnerability, right. um, you know, like, but who doesn't love getting a message like that? Like you've been missed right. for sure. You've been noticed. Um, so I think that's one of the things that we can do for each other. Totally. And I, I guess I want to be clear in saying that when we're talking about, you know, asking people to just kind of reconnect, it doesn't necessarily mean you ha- we're asking you to come back on Sunday mornings because I think, really for me, I'm trying to continue to understand with the church moving forward is how do we how do we engage with people who are not coming back in person, you know? And that's maybe my question for you, Karen, is what do you what do you feel like you would want the church or what would you want your community to partner with you in a time when you're not going to be coming physically, whether that's for health concerns or or really any reason. Um, is there anything that you would have wanted people to reach out to you with, or how do you, how do you feel like we can do a better job of connecting with people who aren't here physically? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it's as simple as just that phone call of saying, Hey, just checking in on you. Like mm-hmm. you doing all right. Do you need anything? How's your family? All right. We, you know, just people want to know that they're not forgotten. Yeah. I think people just want to know that 
the church or the people in the church still care about them, that they're not going to be sitting home going, oh my word, I have not been mm-hmm. in the doors of that church in a year now, and I don't think one person knows it. Mm-hmm. And I think people are feeling that way. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's just me. I- no, I think, I think that's many, many people. And I also think what's important about that is there's some of our own maybe biases and our own worldviews that start to shape how we look at people when we're not talking to them or we're not in relationship with them. We sort of look at maybe certain decisions that they've made, whether they're coming to church or not coming to church, kind of how they're engaging with people. And we sort of start to just assume something about them or we start to put them into a particular box of like, well, this is, you know, this is why they're doing that. So true. And we, and we sort of, um, we paint everyone with the same brush in that way without actually engaging with them personally. I've had that before where I've maybe, um, I had a conversation with someone over the phone and you start to just really understand them so much better because, we do tend to do that even without even thinking about it subconsciously as we, we look at where someone is in their life and we just sort of assume certain things about them. And it, a lot of times it's wrong. Yeah. I think in this year there has been so much judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody looking at everybody else, whether it's political or whether it's how many kids you're letting sleep over in your house during COVID. Well, <laughs> and there's Right. Everybody has a different opinion and a different view. And I just... I don't think that the church needs to be the place to be looking and make, and I'm not saying that they are, but I think people feel a little judged. Yeah. And I think we just need to let go of that and just. That uh, makes it harder too. If you are starting to feel those little nudges and tugs of like, maybe I should show up on Sunday. It makes it a little harder to walk through the door. Cause you're wondering, you know, mm-hmm. is that going to be all right? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be welcomed? Am I going to, you know, be understood? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also a kind of a fear or an anxiety about returning to something that you have been away from for a certain period of time. And it's like the longer it is before it's been that you have reconnected, the stronger that pull away from it is. Uh, And I have an example that's even not even related to church at all, but we have in in my family um, someone who just kind of went through a lot of different personal things and really just felt that they almost like they were embarrassed. Um, and they just kind of really unplugged from a lot of things in our family. And as time went on, you know, basically a few years has gone by. And I think this person and kind of just the way that I've had conversations or, or heard about conversations that she's had with people in her family, she really wants to re-engage. She really wants to be a part of that family. She really wants people, you know, to love her and she wants to re-experience what, you know, that family is. But because it's been so long, there's just huge, like, like this big stone in front of it that's kind of like, it's sort of this, um, like, everything's going to be about me when I come back. When I, everyone's going to be looking at me, they want to ask all the questions, they want to know, and you just, there's sort of this, I just want to avoid all of those conversations and all of that kind of, you know, that feeling of judgment maybe. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of people that have, you know, that sort of want to re-engage, but there's kind of this fear of what that first step in is going to feel like. Um, have you felt that at all, or what does yeah. that feel like for you? Yeah, uh, Sue and I had a conversation prior to this, and I just said, I've never felt anxious about walking through the doors of this church. Mm-hmm. Like, I've gone here for 21 years. I know a lot of the people here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a stranger to church. Like, 
but it has given me a new empathy for people that maybe have been away from the church for a long time or have mm-hmm. maybe been hurt by the church or don't know anybody here. Like coming through these doors for a lot of people is a big step and mm-hmm. it's a big deal. And mm-hmm. I I don't think without this year I would have understood that, but I think I now have a much better appreciation and maybe need to have my eyes opened much larger to to how difficult and the anxiety that that is for a lot of people. Like yeah. that's a real thing. What do you feel like for you if you knew someone coming through the door, you know, maybe you're just in the lobby and you know that they're going through that, what do you feel like would help someone in that space? I would immediately walk up to that person and probably, well, I'm a hugger. I'd probably <laughs> put my arm around him and just be like, oh my word, I am so glad you're here. Like, mm. come on in. Do you want to sit by me? Like, yeah. just try to make them feel as comfortable as possible and that they belong here and they're wanted here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, Tyler, I think there's another like kind of interesting dynamic that plays into this whole conversation. And that's kind of the, when so often I think in life, it's almost this, a, like a principle, like when something's good for you, sometimes you have to make yourself do it. Mm. Like it's vegetables or it's working out or it's mm-hmm. personal devotions or it's, um, you know, being selfish in a relationship or going to church sometimes yeah. like it's one of those things like this is one of the things that you and I talked about right Karen mm-hmm. Karen is like I've had this happen to me so many times um, like with women's ministry on a morning that it was oasis and I had to be there I would wake up and go oh mm-hmm. I'm tired and I I'm making myself do this And then after the two and a half hours of the experience, I would feel so filled up and I would feel so grateful that I had been there. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that's, you know, like that's the same with working out. You make yourself do it and afterwards you feel great. Right. You eat healthy. You sometimes you make yourself do that. I'm going to order a salad instead of a burger Mm -hmm. and you're so glad after. Right. But you don't get that feeling until after you've stepped into it. So true. I think it makes me think too of, I'm I'm not a person that likes my family running a hundred miles an hour. Like mm-hmm. I, I think some people enjoy that and that's great. Like I I don't like being at sporting events every night of the week and just go, go, go. So it was so refreshing when things had to stop. Yeah. And I know for some people that was really difficult. I was so happy. Like yeah. I was home, my family was home, and we were kind of homebodies. And I think it like people felt okay saying like, oh, it was so good to just stop and rest. Mm-hmm. Like we needed to rest even though we didn't know it. Yeah. But I think if you say you needed to rest from the church, then it was maybe not as accepted. Right. But in my heart of hearts, yeah, I think I just needed a break. A break. And I needed to rest. And maybe that's what it's been for me this whole mm-hmm. season. And now I'm starting to go. I'm, I'm all, the rest is, is done now. Yeah. Like I yeah. feel that I, I can't say what that is for everybody or what that length of time is. But for me, that's because that's, that's the other thing about the, the church is that, um, it's designed because we have things to give to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, if we're not pouring out mm-hmm. there, there is that sense of like, I I'm, this isn't quite right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that pull, right? That kind of mm-hmm. like, it's, it's time. It's. So what's interesting to me about that is it took you 
kind of being forced to unplug in a way to really realize that you needed that break. And I think it's like as time went on, it became more normal to be in that space, to not be engaged, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like you experience that first sort of, it's like, it is like a snow day. Like today is a snow day. Um, my 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 roommate's a teacher, and it like I, I I walk up, and he's just got this big smile on his face. It's just a <laughs> glorious feeling, right? Yeah, and I don't know that I necessarily like unplugged completely. Sure. I think in that time of rest, there was other things, other people that I became very involved in that I I'm not sure I would have been able to do or or would have right. had the time to do. I think God brought a richness in other ways. But I think it's just important to be obedient still to mm-hmm. like doing something, right? You can't just yeah sit on your couch and and absolutely do nothing. Like it, right. Well, even if you there. use the analogy of the snow day, like one day is great, but yeah, after right. a couple of days of it, you're like the kids need to go back <laughs> to school. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. This yes. has to stop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's the same with with all of this. Like it's mm-hmm. okay to have a little breath and breather and and to rest. That's mm-hmm. part of what God designed even the Sabbath for, right? Like exactly. There's a reason for that. <laughs> there's a rhythm to our lives that He has ordained, mm-hmm. and rest is good. But mm-hmm. it's also a temporary thing, you know, like it's not mm-hmm. a, a permanent state of mm-hmm. I'm just going to kick back. I think I've experienced this in my life where because, like I said, I do really crave kind of just that space and peace. Um, it's really only after I've really put myself out there and whether it's producing something or just working hard or just being with people where that rest really feels like rest. And when I've just kind of been in that space without the other side of it, that's where I just feel really empty and really kind of numb because I think there's a part of us, like like I've said a couple times already, we're kind of wired in a way where we're supposed to be with people. And even for me as an introvert, like I I don't necessarily get my energy from that, but I, I need it in my soul. So when I spend so much time by myself and I'm not engaging with people, I'm not engaging with anything, it's not really rest for me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just, it's like nothingness. It's kind of hard to explain. It really is kind of just this numb feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's where a lot of us ended up maybe is kind of just this feeling of just kind of emptiness. Even though it's something that we need, we need, it's like the balance of the two things. Like we need people, we need community, but we also need rest. Um so it's like, how do we do that moving forward? I think to me, that's a big question that this time has given us is how do we look at how we really balance our time with people and our time to ourselves and our families? You know, I think one of the good things that's coming out of this, I'm hopeful, is that we're all a little bit more um, free to say, yep, not okay, need a little break <laughs> and not be judged for that because mm-hmm. we've all been in that space, right? And so maybe that's one of the things that we can provide for each other in the church is a little bit of that no judgment zone, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. We, we, we just want to be there for you and we want to, you know, um, bring understanding and curiosity to each other's experiences and um, instead of having it be a cookie cutter like we all have to do the same thing at the same well, time. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that kind of goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. Like we are all on a very different path in a very different place. And mm-hmm. that's okay. And mm-hmm. I don't, 
for people that have been gone for three weeks, three months, or three years, or what more, I, it doesn't matter. Like, in your own time, like, are you going to find your way back? And I just, I don't want anybody to feel bad or come back mm-hmm. due to guilt or yeah. like that, that shouldn't be a motivator, right? Like, yes. we just have to respect each other and and where we're at. And if you don't know, you know, if you don't know why somebody is engaging or not engaging the way that they are, you should Maybe you just talk to them. Yeah, ask. Yeah. ask. <laughs> Don't talk about them. Just go ask them. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody has a story. Everybody would be probably mm-hmm. happy to share. They just want to be asked. That's really what a community is. You know, it's not, it's not about we all show up at the same place at the same time and do the same thing together, and therefore it's a community. I mean, that's a group of people doing something, but community is, is you know, loving people, listening to people, walking with people, and especially in this time where we're so... Like you said, there's so many different ways that people are living their life, you know. Um, that's so important because that's where that divide starts to happen is when we're not talking with one another. Right. Because, like I said, we just kind of assume things. Or that judgment that if they're not here, they're probably not in any sort of, like, yes. relationship with the Lord. Like, that's right. just probably not, not accurate. Like I said, my grandpa did it for about 15 years, mm-hmm. one of the most steadfast believers that mm-hmm. I know. Um, I think even those conversations help us untangle our own thoughts sometimes, you know, like mm-hmm. you can come to me and ask me like, where are you at? And I might not even know. And I need to process it with somebody and, and talk it over to get more clear mm-hmm. about what I need and what my next exactly. step needs to be. And what I think is interesting about Providence specifically, um, I had this conversation with Toby like a little bit ago. Most, I don't know, not most churches, a lot of churches kind of become shaped um, around particular views, maybe. Um, You notice a lot of times, maybe even with smaller churches, people gravitate to other people often that kind of just share similar beliefs, Um, whether that's a political belief, a social belief, um, you know, theology. You know, churches often become sort of shaped by those specific things. And Providence, I think, is unique in that we have a pretty wide range of beliefs in terms of even political beliefs and how people would react to something like COVID. We have everything represented here. You know, it's not like there's kind of this majority that feels one way. And then there's kind of like these other, you know, outsiders to that. It's, it's, we have so many, we have such a variety of, of opinions and perspectives that it's like, we can look at that and feel like we're polarized, but really there's kind of a beautiful unity in that if it's Mm -hmm. done well, because we can actually, try to do it together, understanding that we don't necessarily look at things the exact same way. But that that we have to be intentional about that because if we're not, then it can be divisive because we have these different, different perspectives. So as we've talked about kind of this hesitation and kind of this barrier for many people of wanting to engage with church for a variety of reasons, there are so many possible reasons why, you know, you may be disengaged, you know, in a physical way or even just like on a general level with, you know, church. Um, what do we believe about church that it, it should be? What should this community be about? And what is our role as believers in engaging with church that should drive us to be a part of that community? What do you, what are some of your thoughts on that, Sue? Well, for me, I think, um, faith is kind of almost a two pronged thing. It's like this thing just personally with me and God, right? Um, it's my personal relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But if it's 
it, it's bigger than that, right? Like God is always calling us to something that's bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And even when we talk about church, we, you know, we think Providence church, but that's church with a big C, yep. right? Why do we get involved in something like that? It's because we need other people and they need us. Mm-hmm. And God has designed us to do something together that we can't do by ourselves. Um, and so I, I guess I've always loved the church and I've had, you know, also many times like Karen and I were talking about at coffee this week of just like, I'm ready to disengage for a little while. I need a break. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, so it's a dance, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think to, to say that this, um, thing that God designed, it's a body, it's a living thing mm-hmm. that we're a part of. And, and like, I don't even know if it's possible to just say, I'm not a part of that mm-hmm. because I am. Mm-hmm. Right, like in some way, I have something to give, and in some way, I have things to learn, and to do that completely by myself, mm-hmm. I, I'm just missing out. It's like every you know organized or unorganized church is kind of like a flawed attempt to be the body of Christ. Like we all, like we are. This is made up of human beings, and yet that is what's that's how we are in community with one another as Christians is through the church, whether that's a physical building. Really. I think what that is, is it's just believers working together for the kingdom of God. I think that's maybe the simplest way to put it. Yes. And, you know, we've created, you know, in Western culture and in, in West Michigan culture, we have these different expressions of that. And like one expression of that is Providence church. And, you know, it's, we, we sometimes we so closely relate our faith in God to that specific experience of like a Providence church. And it starts to become just kind of about myself when really it's about the community. It's about the body of Christ. Like that is the overall goal of being in a church with one another is to do it with each other. Um, And that's maybe what we feel like we've missed a little bit and that we, when we re-engage, we want to be a part of that community more than just, you know, the experience of being in church. hundred percent. I want to be able to be known and I want to know. And I think that's part of what's been even hard lately is like some of the body is missing and we miss it. Like we, we want to see those people that we have not seen. Um, but, um, Th- that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. That that's like because we're connected to each other. We right. maybe aren't as connected as we could be or we should be. There's probably deeper bonds that we can be forming. There's some of the community that we've had in the past maybe was not as deep as we wished it was. Mm-hmm. But now we have a chance. Now we know what we really long for because we've been away from it. We we have a, a chance to do some things differently. Like, what is that going to look like? Are we yeah. going to, are we going to let each other into each other's lives mm-hmm. in a different way than what we had before? Exactly. It's, uh, it's kind of like you said earlier, like it's kind of like a blank slate chalkboard. Yeah. Like this year has kind of put us in a place where what was maybe isn't anymore and that's okay. So what does it look like going forward and what, what do we need to do different mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. different? is scary sometimes, but difference, good. Different is good. good. And I've been really encouraged even talking to certain people who haven't been 
you know, coming to church on Sunday mornings and just hearing their heart for church in that different way from just engaging, even if it's online. Um, I just want to reemphasize that point that it's like, I don't think what we're saying is like, you know, to be a part of the community, it means that you have to be here because I think for many reasons you may not be, but that, that actually puts you in a place where you can really think about different ways and maybe even better ways to be the church to one another and be the church to people around you. Um, and people that even aren't a part of the body of Christ yet. Um, it's kind of calling our attention away from the building of church and more into what's outside of it, which I think is a really, could be a really beautiful part of this whole process. It's really starting to engage with people in a different way. And it doesn't mean you have to be here on a Sunday morning. Um, it just means that you have to love the people that you're around. Um, I think that's kind of what we're, we're learning in this process is church isn't, isn't what we maybe have made it out to be in our hearts. Maybe it's something bigger and it doesn't have to be what it's been before. Absolutely. Hey, Karen, would you pray to close us out this, this day? For sure. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this um, time, this opportunity to be back at Providence Church with friends, Lord. Um, thank you for being a God that loves us, that cares for us, that never lets go of us, that is always gently pulling us back to you. Um, for those that have been here, Lord, we're thankful for that. And for those that have not walked maybe through these doors or have been here for a long time, Lord, we know that you love them too. We know that relationship with you um, is personal, Lord. We know it looks different for everybody. Um, thank you for loving us where we're at and help us to, um, in turn, turn around and love others. Um, we love you so much. Thank you for this time. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Karen and Sue, so much for just having this conversation with us today. Um, I think in the rawness and the realness of what we're talking about, I hope that we can start to better understand even ourselves and, and start to think about even our own process of thinking about church. Um, that's really the ultimate goal here is that we're just continuing to be better at understanding and listening to one another and um, being better servants of Jesus. That's all it's about. It's good to be honest, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for having us. And I guess just a, a, like an encouragement to all my friends who are listening of like, let's let's be reaching out to each other. Let's be curious about where each other are at. Let's have conversations with each other and um, connect. Maybe God's going to put somebody on your heart after listening to this conversation. Um, and I just want to encourage us all to like be obedient to that nudge and reach mm -hmm. out to that person that you maybe are wondering how they're doing. Well said. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you next time. Take care.